Have mercy upon me, O God, according to your loving kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight that you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you judge. Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity and in sin my mother conceived me. Behold, you desire truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part you will make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me hear joy and gladness that the bones you have broken may rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. O Lord, we praise you that we have as your people your precious word. And we come now to understand it more by the guidance of your Holy Spirit and to draw near to you through our King and Lord Jesus Christ. Open our eyes, we pray, that we might behold more of the wondrous things from your law. For we ask it in the name of Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. Well, David began in verse 9 by crying out again, Lord, turn your face away from what I have done. Hide your face from my sins. Don't look at them. Don't remember them. In other words, he said in verse 9, blot out all my iniquities. Blot them out. He began this psalm in a similar way by praying, according to the multitude of your tender mercies, according to that standard, Lord God, please blot out my transgressions. And last time I mentioned also Isaiah 43, this is the Lord, he says to us, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Praise God that we can also pray as David did and know that this was accomplished for us by the Lord on the cross. And now in verse 10, David continues to pour out his heart in prayer. And he said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. So he had, he had confessed his sins. He had sought the Lord. He's pouring out his heart in confession and repentance and is now asking boldly that the Lord would change him. He wants to be changed. He wants the Lord to do the work in his heart that would give him a clean heart, a cleaner heart, which only God can do. David wants, and he knows he needs, a heart that is more holy and pure and a heart unable to do what he had done. And so he asked the Lord of creation to create more cleanness in his heart. The same word here is used in Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So David is here appealing to the creator of all to continue to create in him a clean heart, to continue his work in cleaning up David's heart that he might more and more grow in holiness and Christ-likeness. He wants to be transformed. And he knows only the Lord God can transform him at that level, at the heart level. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And as I've mentioned before, David is not here praying, oh Lord, preserve my reputation or anything like that. That's, everybody knows what was done. And he's not praying that he'd be spared of the purging process or the, the cleansing process. He wants to be changed in heart and thus in his life. It will show in his life as his heart is changed. And he knows and he has proven, in fact, to himself, to others, that he cannot change his own heart. It's not in his power to do it. 
It's not in ours either. The Lord changes us. Only the Lord changes us. He sanctifies us by the truth of his word and the power of his spirit that we can then apply and grow in righteousness. Jesus prayed to the Father for us in John 17, and he said, sanctify them. Make them holy. Set them aside. They are mine. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And David's son Solomon prayed for his son in this way. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will, he shall direct your paths and make them straight. So we also must trust in the Lord and his grace and his power to change our hearts. We must not rely uh, just on our own faulty understanding and observations in changing our own hearts. We must acknowledge the Lord in this, that he changes us, that he directs our paths. Back in February, I think it was, when we were going through Nehemiah, I talked about 2 Timothy 3.16. And basically it's the path of change, I guess I called it then, a path of maturity, you could say. And it begins, all scripture is given by inspiration of God, and there are four things it says that it is profitable for. Doctrine, reproof, correction, and instruction in righteousness. So it's like this circle. You, didn't, you should not have wanted to go out here, but we often do. So we're going down the path, and we're going down here, uh, and we are being taught from the Word of God, and we're going down the path, and we hear the law, we understand the law, but we must constantly be growing in the law, in understanding it and knowing it. And then we, hear, we start going off the path, and we need a word of reproof. From the Word, of course, through the Spirit, of course, in our hearts, but often through people. And here, in David's case, it was Nathan. Nathan reproved him very clearly. And we must receive this reproof with humility and a teachable heart. So we're going down the road, we're reproved, we're starting to come around. And then it says correction. And that again is through the word and the spirit. And again, as others, the Lord sends others into our lives to be involved in that. And that gets us headed back up to the, the right path that pleases the Lord. And then we receive, we have understood in a deeper way this instruction, this training that the word has given us through people, through his word. And we're back on the path and we've matured and we are sanctified and we have been trained in godliness. And praise the Lord. We have this possibility by his grace and by his word and by our fellowship together. And then David was also asking that he would gain, the second part of this verse, that he would gain a steadfast spirit or many versions say a right spirit. Renew a steadfast spirit within me, is what he cried out. So he's asking that the Lord renew the steadfastness that he had had, but even more so than he had had before. He wanted his heart even more fixed, even more set on the right path. Matthew Henry uh, said that he was praying something like, repair the decay of spiritual strength which this sin has caused. Repair the decay. Matthew Henry said, he was also praying, Lord, fix me for the time to come that I may never in like manner depart from me. And David is asking the Lord that he would be steadfast in saying no to sin, steadfast in it, hating his sin and in turning to the Lord and away from sin. Charles Spurgeon summarized this verse of David's prayer here in this way. And he said it's two parts. Create in me, he said, Create in me a clean heart. Create what is not there at all. 
Because you are the God of creation. You alone can do that. And then the second part, renew, Lord, that which is there but is in a sadly feeble state, as Charles Spurgeon said. May we come to the table now, brothers and sisters, the table of communion with the Lord, asking as David did, praying as David did, that the Lord would create in us cleanness of heart and holiness, and also renew those areas that we have allowed to decay. Let's pray. Dear Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we cry out also, as David did, that we would become more holy in heart, that you would work to create in us a clean heart, that we would be renewed as we confess and repent and turn to you again, renewed with a steadfast spirit, a right spirit, seeking after you and what pleases you. And may we commune with you now by faith and in the joy of our salvation. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.